Hello. Welcome back to 35 Minutes with a Classmate. I'm Gabe Malika. Thank you for sticking with me. As I took a little impromptu week off, I just needed a little time. A little time for me. I was feeling kind of bummed out. I wouldn't say depressed. I think that would be a strong word, but I was just feeling kind of bummed and needed some time to just feel kind of sad and kind of crummy. But I've since had a really good good week. My stand-up show always cheers me up, getting to see fun, hilarious comedians. And then I had my first real New York City comedy night last week that was so exciting where my buddy Mike Rowland did my show at QED. And then he was like, hey, I'm, I'm at the Comedy Cellar. Do you want to come hang out? And he brought me into the green room where all the Comedy Cellar comics were hanging out. And it was cool. I got to see my buddy Ron on. I got to see um, just like a bunch of comedians that I've seen perform on Comedy Central and on HBO and stuff and just just feel like one of the guys. And the night had falafel and hanging out. And then I went to the very funny Sean Donnelly's birthday party at a pub. And it was just an adventure. And I needed that. I needed those nights in New York. That's what I really missed this past year. Those nights in New York that... You don't have a plan. You just exist in New York City and cool things happen. And it made me feel like I was one of the, like I belonged because I was watching my friends perform at the Comedy Cellar in the back with all the comedians and they were doing what I do, which is telling strangers jokes that they wrote. And it felt cool that that's what my life is, you know, and especially when I move back in a few days, that's what my life's going to be. And that's a pretty fun, exciting, worthwhile way to live life as, as it is introspective and it is, um, it entertains people, makes people feel good, which, uh, which is what I'm all about. So I thank you for sticking with me in my week off. Um, this week's episode is brought to you by The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, the 1982 American musical comedy film co-written, produced, and directed by Colin Higgins. It is an adaptation of the 1978 Broadway musicals of the, of the same name and stars, get this, Dolly Parton, Burt Reynolds, Jim Neighbors, Charles Dernig, Dom DeLuise, among many, many others. Dernig was nominated for the, best, for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his role as the Texas Governor. The Golden Globe Award nominations went to the film for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy and for Dolly Parton for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Comedy or Musical. It was the fourth highest grossing live action musical film of the 1980s and the top grossing of 1982. So check out The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, a film from 40 years ago. <laughs> but hey, they're not my ads, they're your ads. So submit them anytime. This week's episode is with my friend, Glenn McKenna, who, goodness, I don't think I've been in the same school as him since 2005, when middle school ended, maybe 2006, when we stopped going to middle school together, because we did not go to high school together, but we were friends in high school. And then he went off to the Naval Academy, where he uh, studied engineering, and has, you know, spent seven years in the military, and he just got out. And he's starting all different types of adventures. And, you know, there's so many interesting things to talk about with the military. Um, you know, I'm somebody that is that is a leftist. Like, I don't believe in war. I don't believe in America. Um, 
being a an invasive, um, warmongering country. I think we need demilitarization in lots of different ways. And um, that's just what I believe in the grand scale. And yet, and I told Glenn this, like when I talk to an individual who's served our country, like it's not that the people serving are have it easy. In fact, they don't have it easy. They have it really hard. And Glenn and I get into that a little bit. And then for the, for the vast majority of the episode, like I honestly, this is a theme I'm finding with all of my guests from Emily Mengus to Dr. Shen to, uh, to Dino is that food is a big part of it. Um, that we love food and hearing we spent an inordinate amount of time talking about the food you eat in a Naval submarine. And I think it's a really fun conversation and I think you guys will enjoy it too. Uh, so thanks for sticking with me through my down week. Um, everything's fine. I'm back at it, feeling good, getting some sun, played a little golf, um, doing the things that I know I need to do. Started going to yoga classes in person again. So I'm starting to do the things again that I know will make me feel best. Um, but we had, you know, had a bummer of a week for no reason whatsoever and just needed to get through it. But we're back at it, talking to people. And I appreciate you all for listening. And I hope you enjoy Glenn McKenna. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, buddy. What's up? How's it going, man? There you are. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I'm, uh, you, got a, you got a seltzer ready to go? You're darn right I do. What are you rocking? Right, cheers. That's right. Uh, you know, a signature select from Safeway. Very nice. So, Very nice. High quality stuff. Flavored or no? No, just bubbles. A crap ton of bubbles. You know, I'm I'm fine with a plain seltzer too. I don't need, in fact, I would prefer a plain rather than sometimes a flavor that I don't prefer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But um but i'm a, are we rolling right now sorry oh yeah oh yeah we're we're, <laughs> oh, okay. we're, we're cooking with gas um <laughs> let's see let me just make sure the sound is good Ooh. let's make sure the sound is good um but yeah we're rolling um so you are <laughs> are you out of the military is this why we can do i am now? i'm a free man that's incredible when did you when was your last day uh, my last day was uh, April 30th, so just under seven years, uh, plus the four years, I guess, at the academy. So Yeah, 11 years of your life. And and so it's been 11, right. 11 years of your life, and now you've been free for 24 days. I know. I know. It's uh, overwhelming. I'm, like, decompressing. I sort of uh, in this, like, nice little, like, grow out my hair, uh, you know, That's learn right. how to uh, not make my bed and uh, do all these other things. Yeah. Do you have, like, <laughs> do you, when you wake up in the morning, are you, like, I don't have to... Like make anything or be? No, okay. no. It's I'm like one of those people that are just try to get in and out of the house in like 15 minutes, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. I'm not one of those like you know. I feel like I'm the antithesis of really what the military expects you to be. Sometimes, you know. Like, I see, I see. But you yeah, could, but. you were always able to. Um, I feel like that's a trait that I admi have admired in you for so long, which is that you've always been able to just like do what you needed to do. <laughs> you gotta fake it till you make it um, yeah yeah that like um so so for people listening like we've been friends for a long time uh, and in high school we were in the same group of friends even though we went to different high schools you went to the catholic school and i went yeah. to the um the garden city high school and um yeah i mean like you always had like a discipline about you that i think um whether it whether it led to the military or it like helped you 
uh, do okay in the military. It's something that I always admired. The classic example is that like it would be your birthday and it would be in the middle of wrestling season and you wouldn't be able to eat cake and you'd have to like eat oh, an yeah. apple or like some bullshit like that, which is a sacrifice yeah. that I don't know if I've ever made. I don't know if I've ever had to see cake and be like, no, not today. <laughs> you know, my, my mom was like one year was like, you want me to put a candle on the apple? And I was like, I think that might be going a little too far. Um, <laughs> that might be yeah, sadder. January 25th falls right in the middle of wrestling season. And it was, uh, it was brutal. Yeah. It's like every year it was like, we would just delay the celebrations. of. Uh... <laughs> Actually the worst was Thanksgiving. Cause that would be the start of it. Oh, and yeah. so you run the Turkey trot and you're like, yeah, I earned all this. And then you'd be like, Oh wait, we got to weigh in like next week for this. Like, <laughs> what, like what did you wrestle in pounds. in high school? Oh man, so this is hilarious. I wrestled at ninety six pounds. Jesus, my Christ. freshman year, which doesn't actually exist in most states because it's. I think they have deemed it so unhealthy for like a high school student to be that light. Oh my god! And then I wrestled like one hundred three slash ninety six my sophomore year, and um, then I wrestled one twelve and one nineteen. I really let myself go. <laughs> Here when he kicked in. 119. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a, a real luxury considering <laughs> 96 was a thing. You know, it's so funny because you uh, interviewed Kim Foxen and her dad was like my wrestling coach. That's right. That's right. And I, I think now her brother is also the wrestling coach there at Shamanad. So, oh, was he the Shamanad wrestling coach? I, th- I heard some rumor. You know, Kim probably will confirm this, but I'm almost positive. Sure. He is, I like, didn't realize her dad taught at Chaminade when you were there, though, or coached at Chaminade when you were there. Yeah. Him and his, uh, my wrestling coach, like, went back to the good old days of, like, 1970s, like, Brockport wrestling or something. Whoa. Uh, you know, okay. in SUNY, upstate New York. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. All the connections. Yeah. Yeah. This tangled web we live. One day I'll have to, <laughs> like, uh, we'll do the Garden City map of it of it all of all my guests the tree Um, yeah the tree yeah the podcast (laughs) tree um okay interesting so i guess i wanted to ask you because it's been 24 days like what is what is someone's final day so you're in the navy what is someone's Mm -hmm. final day in the navy look like do they just like you don't have to be on a boat right you're like on a submarine yeah so i had already like two years ago, they call it your sea tour and your shore tour. So I had already uh, left my sea tour and I was on my shore tour, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be kind of like your reward for your difficult sea tour and like more low key kind of job uh, as opposed to, you know, being out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean for days at a time. On a nuclear submarine. On a nuclear submarine, yeah. <laughs> um, super not stressful. And <laughs> and so it's so funny because my last day of the Navy was kind of like, uh, it's over, it's like underwhelming. Cause you're like, Oh, you know, like fireworks and balloons. And then you're like, Oh no, everyone's like, all right, see ya. It's like been a pleasure. Uh, and, uh, then you just like walk, you like leave the building and you're like, Oh, that was, that was it now. Wow. Yeah. No fanfare, <laughs> huh? No fanfare. Yeah. The military, like you, people think they like fanfare, but at the end of the day, you don't get a lot of fanfare. Like my last day on the boat, which, you know, we call submarine a boat. Uh, for like historical reasons, but it was very much so like our captain didn't even know it was our last last day. And we were like, hey, uh, see ya. It's been real three years. Um, I'm out of here. And it was me and my other friend, Andrew. And uh, he was like, what? No, we need to like give you your award. And we're like, I, I just want to I just want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was funny because then I took some leave after that and went to uh, the gorge to see, you know, Dave Matthews play. And I was like this nice little uh 
I don't celebration for myself. You got to treat yourself sometimes and make it make some fanfare about it. So of course, that's what I did. Yeah, because they're yeah. not. There's no. <laughs> there's no like. There's cake in the break room <laughs> of the submarine. Yeah. Um, no, there's not. That's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think we do. We do think of the military, us like civilians, literally civilians, do think of the military as like, oh, there's like a lot of fanfare with like mm-hmm. everything, right? There's a lot of ceremony. There's a lot of like yeah. the way things are done. Um, and then this thing that you've dedicated your entire adult existence to, <laughs> you just like walk out of building one day, like you quit a, like you quit an office job. Yeah, seriously. It's like I had my box full of things, like with my coffee mug. And I'm like, no. wow. It's like You had a yeah. box? Well, I mean, a it's not like yeah, it's not like it's you like got fired box. like like if an yeah. uber picked you up you'd be like oh i'm sorry dude <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like what happened you're like don't want to talk about it yeah you know? yeah just the just 11 years of my called. life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so dave matthews was the reward yeah oh well that was yet like that was the penultimate like coming off of the submarine that's like before your like your major milestone of getting out that was like a nice relief because that was spent three years on a, attached to a submarine so that was a nice yeah. reward and just like beholden to um i mean i talked about this a little bit when i talked to allison chen which is like when you're a doctor they just like tell you where you're gonna go yep um for the betterment <laughs> of society right yes um and for you like is the same thing right and it's not just you're going to be underwater, but also like you could be st- like, you're the reason you're in the Pacific We're in Washington state right now. Right. Mm-hmm. The reason yep. you're there is right. Because they, that's where they put you. Yeah. So it's similar. You like fill out your preferences, like what you, you know, your dream sheet and uh, you know, they just throw that in the trash um, and then they just send you. <laughs> they use it as kindling. <laughs> yeah. It's like a joke. Right. Cause I'm pretty sure I wrote specifically on like, mine because you can write comments and i was like i would not like to go here or like on this type and then like they like that's exactly what happened pretty much not like in the pacific northwest i'm happy i ended up in the pacific northwest but like the type of boat i got to that was not my original intention mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's hilarious just because uh you know you're it's a lot of things are out of your control and mm. you kind of just get used to it at a certain point so it's um sure sure which, oh that's interesting that yeah a lot of things are yeah, I guess when they're telling you where to live, what to do, things are out of your control. But like a lot of things in life are out of control. No, absolutely. Out of your control yeah. Also, um, but this seems like um, uh, like an extreme version of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, so now let's back let's backtrack because you you have a family of people who your siblings were in the military. That's right. Um, you have a sister who went to the Naval Academy, a brother, yeah, Garden City High School alum. That's right. That's right. Um, and then your brother, Merch Marine Academy, and then mm-hmm. you, Chaminade, and the Naval Academy. What, um, obviously that's a trend, right? Three makes a trend. Yes. What, but then your youngest brother broke the trend and went to yeah. Jesuit school. He's the big disappointment He's in the, the family. He's the big disappointment, sure. <laughs> uh, you had to open up the pocketbook for the little one. So what led, I guess you're, you know, 16, 17 you have two siblings in the military. What made you be like, this is my, this is what I'm going to do also? Because you seem pretty set on it from the time I, we became close in high school. Yeah. So I don't know. I think uh, our generation kind of, you know, did, dealt with uh, the fallout of uh, 9-11. And there was always that in the back of our mind, you know, you see, see all these things happening. And um, I'm not going to say that was like the primary reason, like, oh, I had felt this like patriotic call to serve my country. But 
I saw what my sister had gone through because she graduated in yeah oh five from Garden City High School. So she was there from oh six to oh nine at the Naval Academy on the swim team. And so from a very young age, that was like just part of it. Like, oh, we're going to the Naval Academy to see your Claire swim and uh, you know, whatever else. And my grandparents actually I uh, had a house that was like an hour away uh, in Kent Island in Maryland. Mm. So we would spend like our summers and holidays down there. And uh, the big thing was actually my uncle had a, a boat and he docked in Maryland on the Chesapeake Bay. And he would always take us out uh, and we would, you know, see the Naval Academy of you know, sailboats and everything. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, I never really I was I just thought that was people like did. They were like, oh, like this is normal. Like, you know, my first two siblings had done this like. I'm not going to break, you know, the mold here. Um, I would also like to continue on that legacy. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was uh, geography is destiny, I guess. And mm. so it's uh, predestined at that point in time. So. Sure. It's funny the things that like um, when you're growing up, like you don't know certain things are like different because mm. they're your experience. So like I would analogize your naval experience, just like always being around the Naval Academy to like the racetrack. Where it's like yes. my dad is yeah, at the racetrack. Like, like I'm working on a joke <laughs> on it now, actually, about how like my dad's job was jockey agent, and so like he would pick which horses his jockey would ride, and so I didn't know that that was a weird job, because mm-hmm. like the way our family made money was that we just like had a little man, yes. rode races for us, and when people were like, <laughs> yeah, like, like my dad's an accountant, I was like, you guys don't have a little man, like make money for you, <laughs> um, and so I didn't know that was like unique in some way because when Mm -hmm. i hear this stuff about the military it's it's my experience growing up was like pretty far like the military was like a distant thing like it was not we didn't talk about the military we didn't like understand military culture um Mm -hmm. my grandfather was a um worked for the department of defense doing like um Oh. like math and stuff for them for like yeah. imagine for missiles and stuff like that. But even that yeah, top was secret like, math. Yeah. <laughs> literally when he retired, my mom tells the story of like that. I think the department of defense came and like made him swear in a Bible about like the work he had done. Um, yeah. So you do, I mean, I had to sign something like essentially like, Hey, you can't talk about, you know, certain so-and-so thing. So, and so legally they can hold you responsible if you do. Sure. Sure. Uh, do they so listen to podcasts? Later. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, um, but that's so interesting, right? Because, you know, military only makes up 1% of the American population. Actually, it's even less probably, right? So mm-hmm. it is kind of like a foreign thing to some people. Yeah. And there are certain families that, you know, oh, my father was in the military. My grandfather was in the military. And like goes back, you know, to, I don't know, the Civil War times or something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the McCain's is the classic that's like right. Naval Academy story. Like yeah. his dad was a big admiral, you know, back to World War II times. And then he went, his kids went, uh so yeah and now megan leads armies of the view <laughs> watchers that's right <laughs> they, we yeah. all serve in our own way yeah. um okay so this is a part of your your family and mm-hmm. and it's also i mean we live in a country and i've taught and lived in other countries where college is free i was a college mm-hmm. advisor in scotland and like everywhere kids applied there was never like it was like, oh, this kid's going to apply to Oxford. And there was no sense of like, oh, yeah, like, I hope he can pay for it. It was like, great. Mm-hmm. Now you get to go to Oxford. So like college is also, this is a, like a great way to go to college for free also. Um, was that a factor for you as well? Like something that you considered at 17, 18? 
Yeah. So, right. Uh, I mean, the financial crisis happened around the time where we were, you know, think getting to start to think about college. That's right. And, you know, I always kind of picked up on the signals like in my family of uh, financially, it would have been tough to go to a private school um, because you're in that weird in between state of like you wouldn't get aid. And so you would have to, you know, at 18 years old, take out $100,000 worth of debt. And uh, first off, what a crappy situation to be put into. Yeah, the middle class, I, I'm a college advisor now. The middle class kids are absolutely screwed. If your family yeah. makes under $30,000 a year, you're like, kind. You're like, okay, you'll get money. And if your family yeah. makes above 70 grand, it's like, good luck. <laughs> it's like what they, so like need-based aid is a good idea, but the parameters for what need is, is so narrow that mm-hmm. like, if you're, if you're, you have two parents and they work, jobs you know your dad's a police officer and your mom works in food right yeah she uh well so she recently made a job change but now she works in the school district with food uh but before that she was like a contractor with the school district so yeah okay. both my parents worked and uh yeah they you get totally screwed it's yeah. it's a total so like yeah free college is not a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt so that seems like a pretty good incentive too it's not you know it's not just you know honor and um serving your country like there's a yes that's how they get you well, so it's it's so funny, right? Because everyone's like, oh, yeah, free. And you're like, oh, they got that out of me. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with your time, right? Because, I mean, yeah, technically, my student loans ended two years ago with, like, my minimum commitment. And by that, I mean just with my time. And uh, Yeah, so what yeah. happens if you leave the military? Do you owe them money? Do you owe them tuition? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's people that, would, like, owe back. And, like, you think, like, you're like, oh, Naval Academy, like – how like it's government public funding like how much guys no like they and they like tell you all the time how much your brains are worth pretty much they'll be like oh you have finished this so it's like you know that's a, a four hundred thousand dollar brain right there and you're like okay uh, wow. but some people do if they don't finish their commitments they owe it back uh especially if they're if it's not waived so it has to go up to some admiral uh waiving their like minimum commitment if something happens so like medically obviously then it would be like a different story but if it was something like performance issues or something. Yeah. People have been Mm. hammered. And how good is the military with like, um, so like, you know, you shatter your kneecap, Mm -hmm. you can't move in the same way. We can't have you in active duty combat. Right. So like you need to, you get a waiver from an admiral. That's a thing that like the military can see, right. Your knee is shattered. You're not going to owe 400 grand. How is the military? And like, I think I know the answer, but I'm curious to see like your reaction to this, but like, how is the military with like, like mental illness, like somebody like some oh. late 20s schizophrenia. Yeah. Do they have, um, like, are they okay with that? Like, what's the deal? No, I would say poor. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. And I'm, I'm really glad you actually brought this up, right? Because it's like a mental health awareness month. And uh, that's right. I don't, the military always, you know, they preach, they like will say all the right things. But then when it comes to actually like, executing on some things, they'll, you know, they charge people with like, oh, this guy's just trying to get out of his minimum service. So like, let's charge him with malingering. And then it starts this whole like, which, right, that's like an extreme case, but that does happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, what is malingering? Malingering is uh, lying essentially about oh, like uh, a sickness or so, which, right, because like mental illness is kind of hard to prove. But yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't really give you the benefit of doubt sometimes. Uh, sometimes uh, it's pretty rough for some people yeah yeah no i imagine so and i mean i think it's rough um in lots of aspects um mm. for di- and different branches but there i think there's something and you can speak to this i'd hope um that like you're underwater there's no <laughs> vitamin d or like entertainment 
in the traditional sense? Like they're not bringing like Kathy Griffin down to like do bits? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> she can stay on the service. But, uh, <laughs> no. So it's funny, right? Uh, I think people have all these assumptions. Like I was talking to our friend Brendan and he was like, wait, you guys don't have a doctor down there with you? And you're like, no, dude. Like if you, you get like, and you have to go, you have to be like medically cleared before you go out for an extended period of time. So it is kind of, uh, they do have high thresholds with that. And you do have to take like a psyche eval, but the psyche eval is you just filling in some bubble answers, uh, like multiple choice, 200 questions. And, um, so yeah. And like people think, Oh, there's like, must be some vitamin D added to the food or like the lights must be like happy lights. And it's like, no, no, which would be so awesome if that is the case. Uh, if they did like put that in the common area and so you can get, you know, at least some sort of uh, vitamin D and, uh, you know, like fresh food or fresh vegetables, that would be nice if you like, cause it's not hard. Like they figured out you can grow vegetables and like, I don't know, even something as simple as a potato on a submarine. Like, you know, if you have a, a right light, you can do that. But now they're just all about canned vegetables for uh, stowage space and all this other stuff, uh, which it's so you can see a plant behind me, right? I'm like, it's so funny right now. Like my girlfriend has like 22 house plants or something, a classic millennial. Like we just keep getting one <laughs> and uh, it's still, it's a, like nice. It's like refreshing just to be in a spot where you can see kind of uh, green. Uh, you know, we have windows, you can see the sunshine. It, it's, it's something you don't even think about until you don't have it. And uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Thankfully, uh, I, mean, I, as like an officer, get to look at the periscope every now and then. So you're like, you get to see the sun kind of. And I'm like, <laughs> I always would like to say that I was getting some vitamin D through the optics, but I don't know how true that is. So. Oh my God, Glenn, I'm, you're an officer. <laughs> you get to look through the peephole and you're that's like, right. that's a perk. That's a perk. Yeah, you got to. Well, that like <laughs> broke my heart. I know. It sounds like it's you're wrong. in Shawshank prison. At least um, they got to drink on a roof. You guys are just like, you know, it's so funny that you think about like my worst fear. I'm like thinking back, like I had a good time on a submarine just because of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll always, you know, go back to that. Like I met some good people and uh, like they really, if you have a good group around you, it really uh, helps things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. And we were like, what's your worst fear? I'm like, oh, if I end up back on a sub, or like, you know, World War Three breaks out and boom, like, you know, Lieutenant, uh, you know, Glenn McKenna is back, you know, sitting, like, oh, standing no. watch again. They, no, they <laughs> couldn't like call you, could they? Like if World War Three so, broke out? Yes, they could. So, right. Because you're, you're saved in like the database of, uh, so. There's no yeah, like control, alt, delete, <laughs> no, get Glenn yeah. out of there. <laughs> It's so funny because people, I, I was reading, um, you know, the quintessential book, like uh, 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, like while like I was like, oh, this will be, you know, very romantic of me. I'll read this book, like while I have some spare time and you get to a part in it and he calls uh, the Nautilus, uh, which is the submarine is on the aquatic prison. And I like shut the book and I'm like, yeah, maybe this is too real for me. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're wistfully discussing the beauty of the periscope hole. Yes. as your vitamin D. Yeah, that does. Well, you, see, <laughs> you see a couple of seals sometimes and uh, that'll, that'll perk you up. Uh, some dolphins, uh, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, that's fascinating. And just like very counter to like the, <laughs> the last 11 years that I've had. Um, can I ask you about, um, without giving away state secrets or, or whatever, but you're, you're, you're like a nuclear engineer, right? That's what your training is in. 
Yeah, so every uh, submarine officer in uh, the United States Navy is uh, required to go through uh, nuclear training. Mm -hmm. um, so after the academy, I spent six months in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, reading a lot of uh, really boring books and like having death by PowerPoint every day uh, and taking an exam every week. Uh, so like ranging from, you know, like basic like math, physics, uh, reactor dynamics, uh, heat transfer. Um, it's it's not very like complicated things in terms of you already should have had a background in that mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. just because um, most people come in with a Bachelor of Science uh, in some form of engineering. Uh, and so you'll be exposed to it a little bit. It's just, um, I guess the, uh, amount of material is a little overwhelming and how quickly they try to, uh, get you through it. Cause the Navy's really good at, um, basically like a fire hydrant of knowledge and, uh, like pumping out people. Yeah. So, uh, so your classmates in South Carolina, this is four years of Naval Academy mm, majoring in engineering. Yeah, it was a uh, naval architecture, uh, marine. That's engineering. right, naval architecture, marine engineering. And so now your classmates in South Carolina, are they mm -hmm. all academy people? Are they ROTC people? So it's a uh, yeah, it's mixed. Um, so uh, this is so funny because it's the only <laughs> uh, service that you have to actually go and be interviewed by a four-star admiral to uh, be selected into. So my senior year of high school, like you put in your selections, right? So I was like kind of going back and forth, like pilot submarines. And I was like, all right, well, like I'll put it, you know, one and two or something. I forget what I put it as. Uh, and they like send you an email. I'm like, Hey, you've been selected to go interview with this Admiral at uh, Naval reactors in Washington, DC. And this has been happening ever since the nuclear program was uh, founded uh, in like, you know, 1955 by this guy named Admiral Rickover, who's uh, actually an extremely interesting uh, person. Uh, he was in the Navy for like 65 years or something crazy. Oh my. Uh, yes. Yeah. And um, so you have to go interview and it's all, te it's technical interviews to start off. So you go and interview with these guys that have designed the systems that you're going to go like operate on. And it was, uh, this is a great story because I sit down, this is like my, my first experience. And it's like this very, you know, stereotypical nerdy human being. He's got glasses, he's bald and he like, you know, he's got his degrees on the wall and stuff like this. And you're in high school. This is before getting to the Academy. No, this is at the Naval Academy. I see. I see. So this is yeah, after, yeah. this is senior, junior, senior year of Naval Academy. Yes. Yeah. I see. I see. Um, and he like puts down a cup, like just a plastic cup. And he's like, He's like, calculate um, the volume of this cup. And I'm like, oh, um, okay. And like, I knew where he was getting at. Um, <laughs> but like, I was like, oh, I'll be, I was like making a joke, like trying to like, you know, bring a situation to light. I'd be like, oh, it'd be a lot easier if I had a ruler. And he's like, yeah, it would be. And like, <laughs> dead eye locked me. And I was like, okay. Cause what you're supposed to do is like, do like three dimensional calculus and figure out you know, der derive, it's like a whole bunch of derivations, which yeah. I definitely did not do well at that interview, which is funny because then you get a third interview. Uh, and it's like, then you go meet with the Admiral and the Admiral's like, how do you think you did in your interviews? I'm like, oh, not well in that one. And he's like, no, not well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, then he kind of gives you like the thumbs up, like whether or not you're going to go submarines or not. Uh, submarines or I guess the other option, or whatever else you like, basically would be like, well, you can't go submarines now. So, uh, good luck when ever, anything else, which is, I would have been like completely fine with it. Um, mm -hmm. but I was, I don't know, I got selected. So, yeah. I mean, it is like <sighs> an honor in, in a few oh. ways. Right. <laughs> I mean, um, now 
<laughs> it sounds like one of those it sounds like a thing, like an old school Navy thing, right? Because yeah. like figure out the volume in this cup, like because you're doing it without mm-hmm. a computer or without a ruler, it's a question that we could have asked people for the last 200 years. Or... Yeah. So it's like a thought process thing. Yeah. They want to see how you think and how you do uh, under pressure is essentially how it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and your creative <laughs> creative level of thinking, right? Because it's not just engineering majors that have to go through this. It's like sometimes there'll be, there was a guy, uh, this will be funny, a music major that uh, somehow he was doing ROTC and he was like, yeah, I'd like to go submarines. And the guy's like, do you, you sure? Like, cause this is like, this is going to be an uphill battle for you. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he did it, but like, as long as you have that kind of that thought process and that creative thinking, mm-hmm. um, that's what they're looking for, right? Because there's history, English majors, and all these other people that um, kind of create more of a diverse uh, officer corps with the, in terms of just thinking wise, at least. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, it sounds like the only other time I've heard about interviews like that is like final stages of like Amazon and shit yeah. like that, where <laughs> they ask you questions like that. Um, but I imagine- it's so funny you say that because um, I was in this like conference and it was talking about the military and um, how Amazon does their uh, interview process, which it's very structured and rigid and you know kind of what to expect as opposed to other interviews where you like, you don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, Amazon definitely has adopted like a whole bunch of uh, military uh, traits. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, General Bezos. (laughs) He's basically a warlord. He has more money than like a whole bunch of countries. Legitimately, he might be starting an army. There's actually really no way of knowing what he's up to. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, okay, so that's that's fascinating. So you, so South Carolina, and you're getting Mm -hmm. an officer, a nuclear engineer, and an officer on a sub on a boat. Yep. Um, yeah, then I spent, so that was like the theory learning, mm-hmm. um, cause the Navy right, likes that old school method of theory and then practice. And then, you know, like the mastery. Um, mm-hmm. so then you spend the six months at this place called prototype, which there's one in upstate New York, uh, just outside of Saratoga. And then there's another one in South Carolina. So that's why I was up there in, uh, Saratoga and Boston spa, uh, fun fact, there's, you know, uh, some nuclear reactors up there that some students get to mess around with, uh, by mess around with under heavy supervision. Of course, of course. Um, and it's very safe. Yeah, we don't have to have like the next HBO miniseries be, instead of Chernobyl, it's Boston Spa. Yeah, Boston Spa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Because I sent you this, the link to go to the podcast in Facebook message, which like mm-hmm. I have your number. So like, I don't need to do that with you. But it was funny. The last time we had Facebook message was in 2015 <laughs> when I was at the camp and you were in Saratoga. And so we were trying That's to make right. plans to golf. And that made me laugh as I opened. I know. I, I saw that too. I was like, oh man, <laughs> things haven't changed much. In, uh, yeah, six we're years. still ma- trying to make plans to golf together. Yeah. Um, the other thing, just to jump back for a second, the thing that made me laugh about your your interview uh, inside my head was the um, just like how blunt the military can be. Where oh, like, yes. how did you do in that last interview? And you were like, not good. And he was like, yeah, that <laughs> that because that's something that like that bluntness, that military mm-hmm. precision with everything, including your language, um, is something that doesn't always translate to no no outside world i mean we're east coasters too we're like people we're from new york where people like say Mm -hmm. what they mean and even here not as precisely often as people in the military 
it's so funny you said that because you kind of go through these briefs as you're getting out and they kind of brief you like the difference between, you know, military and civilian culture. And that's something that's mentioned, right? Like you have to be a little, uh, for lack of a better word, kinder, mm. uh, which I understand. And like, but there's definitely people that like I have worked with that, you know, their uh, level of empathy is uh, negative. <laughs> so. oh, yeah. Right. I mean, like they're talking bluntly. Yes. To... Which you have to in some regards, but other times it like translates over to where you don't have to. And I think that's kind of one of the things, at least in the military, that you could probably work on mm-hmm. uh, is just like controlling that uh, like switch, the formality. I call it a formality switch, right? Like sometimes you do need to be formal and you have to execute orders and all these other things. And other times it's like just be a real person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of something that uh, I've always. Not, I, I personally haven't struggled with, but I've noticed a lot of people that struggle with. Yeah. Well, I say that and then like someone I, I will know will be like, oh, no, you definitely struggle with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk, Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, no. I I truly, I know I've known you for a long time. I don't get the sense that when I see you, even after <laughs> we hung out, you know, a couple months ago, um, like two months ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't get the sense that like, oh, Glenn is blunt now that he's off the boat. Like you were just, you right. know, it was like hanging out with somebody you haven't seen <laughs> really in a long time. really gone straight laced on us. Is, uh... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I imagine, I imagine that's tough. And I imagine that's tough too. Like when you pop up in different like countries mm-hmm. and so you've been in military, US military culture and then like they have you stationed, right? There's stations all over the place. You end up in like Japan Yep. or in somewhere else and now there's a if you feel a culture shock with civilian culture in america what, what is that culture shock like when you end up in a different country man so yeah i was in japan in 2016 mm-hmm. uh and we had pulled in there for like christmas time and so we were there for two weeks which actually was not supposed to be two weeks something broke and we had to fix it and so we kind of got lucky so we got more time to spend uh during the holidays on land um and you get all these types of trainings, right? The military loves doing trainings. Um, so you get like, oh, hey, this is Japanese culture. And especially with uh, Japan, because there's so much uh, history there with, uh, you know, the U.S. military and especially uh, like entering with a, a nuclear submarine uh, with a country that, you know, it just has, uh, has just such a riddle, uh, like a str- difficult past with it, especially with the U S military. Yeah. Like that's an understatement. Right? Yeah. That's gotta be some hell of a PowerPoint. Yes. Um, and it's, but you definitely notice culturally wise, right? Cause it, in Japan, everyone's like reserved and respectful mm-hmm. and like even in the military, yes, you are reserved and respectful, but there is uh, a lot of people that um, you know, like to break free of that, especially when they're on Liberty or leave and uh, you kind of have to rein that in and um, kind of set boundaries for a certain, um, group of people so sure of course yeah i mean is when you have two weeks on land after being cooped up like people must go must go crazy right i mean (sighs) unfortunately it happens more often than not yes uh that's why like i mean there's like so many like especially some people are like liberty risk they get like determined like you know like oh we've known this guy for like you know a year now like he is a a liberty risk and like therefore (laughs) you know he can't leave base or like he needs to be with a buddy and you're always like traveling groups so you can like look out for one another but sure because it's it's uh, not just you know it's like <laughs> i would i have always have lame analogies my analogy would be like when i work at summer camp 
and you go out drinking at the bar that you don't, mm-hmm. you're not just representing yourself. You're representing this camp that like yes. works with sick kids. And like, it would be really shitty if you threw up. A yeah. It doesn't say like Gabe Malika says camp counselor or, you know, like Navy, uh, like sailor does this, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what the headline happens. would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's even more so with you guys where like, if, <laughs> if a, perk of the job is sometimes getting to look through the sun hole then (laughs) when you get out in japan and there's partying and christmas and like craziness like i imagine people get into getting in trouble yeah uh i mean fortunately for us no there was no major instances because uh i feel like we were part of a good boat and a good command so Mm. um people it's right. It's like selfish of you to kind of like go in and ruin it for everyone. Uh, Cause right. The first time something happens, then like, you know, locked out the military goes high and right on everything. Right. So, mm. Oh, uh, this guy, you know, like was caught by the gate guard, uh, you know, looking slovenly and drunk, like, boom. All right. And now we can't leave, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and you don't want to be that guy no, that ruins no. it for the brotherhood because exactly. like you should be having, you know, great meals in Japan yeah, karaokeing and, and uh, eating ramen noodles. Yeah, walking around with a few drinks. Yeah, I mean, like, of course, of course. Um, so where else have you been besides Japan? Did you get to see other parts of the world? So, God, it's so funny. <laughs> As the mythical uh, South Carolina, Saratoga, and Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, join the ABC of the world uh, is kind of uh, like a, a phrase of the past, especially the nuclear submarine, because you're so limited and where you can go with uh, the different countries that will accept you. Um, just, mm-hmm. um, so we went to Japan. This is so funny. And then I, I joke around, it, we went to Guam and we went to Guam and we went to Guam. And so <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Guam pack, uh, is uh, what we we're calling our deployment. Heavy Guam, heavy on the Guam. Well, well it's super depressing because you're only limited, right? The submarines, now that they're nuclear, you're only limited by the amount of food you have on board. So, like, you don't just stop in for fuel or something because you you don't need it. And mm-hmm. then you don't stop in for, you know, water or air because you can create your own. And so... You can create air? Yeah. How do you, how do, you do that? <laughs> that seems crazy to me. Like, from the water? Uh, yeah, it's from water, right? So, like, H2O, uh, like, electrolysis. Uh, like, so, like, basically, like, an electrical wire that separates the hydrogen and the oxygen, and then you use the oxygen. Wow. You mix it. I guess that makes sense. It's like a a pretty basic element now that I think about Mm -hmm. it, but like other, there's like other backup ways to do it, but like, that's a simplistically way that I can. Sure. Sure. (laughs) It's making me think of space balls when he like opens up the (laughs) the can of air. Yeah. Glenn's like (laughs) the naval seltzer equivalent is just like, (laughs) also it's so funny because we, there is these things called oxygen candles. So uh, it's like a self combusting thing and it creates oxygen. And so it's like the less machine way to make water, sorry, to make air. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have one and like, they'll like put one in and um, you'll like go buy it and you're like, you'll get fresh air and you're like, oh yeah, that's the stuff. You know? So it is like space balls. It's yeah. truly that. It's a candle. It's, I mean, a candle is a gross uh, misunderstanding of what it is, but that's sure. what they call it. Uh-huh. It's like a large canister. Oh my and, god! Uh, yeah, it like blows out oxygen. Yeah, I feel like they yeah. need that when you go to like play basketball in Denver or something. When like, oh man, that would be sweet. Yeah, well, yeah, yes. Like, we need inject like, the stadium filled with the. All yeah, these yeah. Oh, that's okay. So I interrupted you because I didn't know you could make air, but um, <laughs> yeah. so you don't. 
<laughs> so you don't port in Guam or Japan because of fuel or air, but it's because of food? Yeah, food. Um, so you only have a specific amount of like food space. And it's so funny because like I was on a smaller submarine. There's like multiple different types of submarines uh, and you're limited by space. Mm-hmm. And so you have food like everywhere. You'll be like walking on canisters of food. They'll just like elevate the floor and like, that'll be it. Like you'll just be walking on like, I don't know, flour or something. Uh, and then like the, it's a creative use of space um, is what it comes down to. Yeah. We need that. We need to bring in the Navy to help us decorate our Brooklyn apartments. I feel like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and we'll, you, know, you can, yeah, you can make the... millions, Glenn. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> Move to East Williamsburg and start designing apartment use of space. Okay. So there's like flat, I was going to say like, why is flour a good use of space? But I guess it is right. You like make mm-hmm. carbs and bread and. Yeah. They make their bread, which is a little bit better than uh, like, you know, cause it takes up less room obviously from like just having normal bread and uh, then you got to keep it too. So it keeps a little longer. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's no like yeah. fresh rolls from the deli down there because those go bad so, no there's not <laughs> there is a lot of like just like things you don't cook with normally like crisco right like they have cans and cans of crisco and you're like oh uh, you're like arteries are like cringing you're like oh no yeah like, why, why so much crisco because i don't know that's like a convenient way to uh, instead of like butter like uh-huh. that's like what they cook with you know sure you don't have to keep it cold yeah um, there's a movie called uh, down periscope uh and I love recommending movies because it's a little shorter time period than, you know, recommending a book. And uh, it's with Kelsey Grammer, the guy in Frasier, uh-huh. Rob Schneider, uh, William H. Macy. Oh, wow. And it, it's about submarines. And like one of the things is like the XO is inspecting the kitchen and he's like, lard, where the coffee is supposed to go? What am I just supposed to have a hot steaming cup of lard? <laughs> but, like that's exactly what you're having because like your food is just all like, you know, super greasy and yeah. And, uh, like canned, not fresh. Like the amount of candied carrots that I ate, like I, I, I'm like triggered by it. Every time I see a can of carrots, I'm like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, so. of course not. Of course yeah. not. Can- so I was going to ask this in our, in our fill in the blanks question, but, but screw it. Tell me about the Dang. food. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So the food, um, breakfast they have, so you'll run out of fresh eggs for like the first, you know, like three days, like you won't have fresh eggs. So you'll have these things called fags, like fake eggs. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what they are, honestly, um, but they're like greasier than normal eggs. And then they make a loaf of bread. I have a pop tart, which God, you get desperate. And like, I saw like one of the guys, you know, in my wardroom, he like buttered a pop tart one day. And I'm like, that guy doesn't give an F. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I didn't even know people did that. It was a brown sugar pop tart and he buttered it. And I was like, I was like, is this was like day 50, you know, like underway. And you're like, you know, getting, you're getting to like the dark times of like, Oh man. Yeah. We're, I guess we're buttering pop tarts now. Yeah. They should, they should and call that the 50th day underwater. That's, yeah. So a frosted yeah, brown sugar pop tart. Yeah. With, and just like butter, like from a diner and those little packets. That's right. Yeah. But, I mean, literally breakfast is all carbs essentially. And then you have like these eggs and you don't have like, any choice to what put in your eggs. They're like, we have uh, this processed cheese and then we have these uh, onions and you're like, Oh, that doesn't sound great. Uh, so you're like, you know, I had like cliff bars uh, like as part of like my personal items. And so I was just eating cliff bars for like one meal a day. Yeah. And you know what uh, this reminds me of? This reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever heard this. You'll like this is that, 
Anthony Bourdain was friends mm-hmm. with Ted Nugent even though they disagreed on everything. I know. And one day, Ted Nugent is complaining to Anthony Bourdain. He's like, Michelle Obama, like she's doing this like healthy food stuff. Like, don't tell me what to eat. Like going off on her, right? You you know how people get mm-hmm. when they talk about Michelle Obama and they don't like I've her. got a great story about Michelle Obama visiting the Naval Academy and we had the best food ever. So continue. <laughs> Perfect. This is great. This is the Michelle Obama hour. So he's... So Bourdain's talking to him and he's trying to convince him like, no, healthy food is good. Like this reason for that reason, for this reason. And then finally goes, Ted, we need our kids to eat healthy food. It's a military readiness issue. (laughs) And that's what convinces Ted Nugent. It's like, actually, maybe it's a good idea because we need kids to be strong so they can fight for the country. And it's like, oh, like, we do have more in common than we think. <laughs> That's incredible. That's like, you know, getting a vaccine because you want to go to the Mets game, right? Like, yeah. you know, oh, well, now I got to get the vaccine, right? Yes. <laughs> I do love the Mets. You love the Mets. So I guess I'll get that vaccine. I guess I'll get the, the free life-saving vaccine. <laughs> um, okay, so Michelle Obama visits and they improve the quality of the food. That's so funny. Hilarious, right? So you got to feed 4,000 people at the Naval Academy. This is like a side story. We'll talk about the rest of the food at the submarine, but yeah, basically yeah. same thing, right? The same military distribution, like Cisco is like the same person supplying, you know, your grade, whatever baseline uh, level food. But Michelle Obama came and I'm like, oh, well, and like, you know, you got to clean for a week before Michelle Obama or anyone important comes. And so you clean for the week and, you know, you practice and there's going to be a parade. So, uh, that you got to do. And then, so for the meal, which she, like you have visitors come and like, there's always like a theme of the meal and her theme was, you know, like, cause she was on this, the health kick, we got shrimp tacos, like nice and seasoned shrimp tacos, not like the normal, like beef, you know, whatever they just like taco and the spice and the, that's what they put on. They throw on your table and like corn tortillas, not like, you know, like nice corn tortillas and like healthy peak fresh pico de gallo and for the dessert too everyone had a cup with like an american flag and it had uh strawberries and blueberries which you never saw in the cafeteria like the greatest thing you saw was like a red delicious apple and like those would be gone in like a second oh my god and i think we i forget what the dessert was but it was also like it's something like a maybe it was a frozen yogurt or some paired with the the fruit or something anyway we never saw that meal ever again that's Um, so funny it went from shawshank prison to like the hogwarts great hall yeah Yeah. (laughs) we're like oh michelle please come visit more often like (laughs) that's so funny um but yeah for and for like you know lunch and dinner like it's all like frozen food right so like the big thing is right. They they do like a, a good job of making like these meals like for oh Taco Tuesday like okay or like Thursday you get pasta with like ketchup sauce basically, um, but then like other days you'll have um, oh god like chicken nuggets right and the whole boat goes nuts for chicken nuggets you know grown ass man just being like <laughs> chicken nug day chicken nug day and like there's they have to limit it because so many people will be like yo fill me up in chicken nugs like. And oh my I think it's hilarious too, right? Because any meal that you're eating in the military, you have to pair it with like hot sauce. So like I, you just like, I have an addiction to hot sauce essentially now is like, I always have to, even if the meal's good, like I'll have to stop myself and be like, no, no, this doesn't need hot sauce. And it's not like high quality hot sauce, right? You're talking like Frank's Red Hot or like Texas Pete, like the lower grade, like vinegar. 
and uh, but just something to something to like make it flavorful. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because my captain one day he was like he got a brief from the guy that like controls the food and he's like yeah we're running out of ranch and he's like how are we running out of ranch like we haven't had salad in like weeks like <laughs> and I like looked at him and I'm like sir I was like I don't think you understand what they do out there right because the officers and the enlisted guys eat separately I'm like I don't think you know what they're doing with ranch out there and like that's I was so joking funny. around that they're just like drinking ranch out there but that's basically <laughs> what they're doing like every meal like you know it's as opposed to me putting hot sauce they're just like dousing it in calories of ranch of course yeah i mean like yeah. it's like a it's like a pretty like i don't i can't remember the last time i ate ranch but i'm imagining if i were in a submarine <laughs> and it was there i'd be like yeah like this is great it's like fattening and you need to like mm-hmm. you want to feel full nobody wants to go to bed yeah. on a freaking boat feeling hungry that's probably terrible no. um so the other question i had for you when you said you you had in your personal what did you call it where your where your cliff bars were Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have like a finite number of space for like what you can bring on and it's usually under your, your bed pan. And right. So like your bed lifts up and like, you'll have stowage space. Oh, like in heavyweights. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Every- yeah. Except, yeah. It, I mean, basically it's filled with the same thing, you know, sausage meats and candy. Oh good. Uh, a deli meat. <laughs> a deli meat. But yeah. So mine was filled with, it's so funny, right? I had cliff bars and you'll appreciate this. I had brought this soda stream to make myself seltzer and you can control like the amount of bubbles. And so it was like, you know, CO2 canisters, which I don't even think I was actually supposed to bring CO2 canisters because it would probably like an explosion hazard, but, um, sure. I mean, totally didn't bring those. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and so, and then you had like your clothes, right. Uh, and, um, maybe like a, a well, no book or two. I like read on my phone. So, mm-hmm. uh, for space. Uh, yeah, but, but how much? Have a yeah, like how much? Like, what's the most elaborate? Like, did anybody have like a George Foreman grill <laughs> or like? <laughs> you know, so oh god, the two of my uh, fellow officers and the officer, one of them brought a violin, and then one of them brought like a, a little uh, like a keyboard. Um, so right, I know, isn't that cool? That's cool. Um, and so it was really nice when you could and he, you would listen to him play it, uh, like you know, so kind of like a nice little escape there with music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Or people would bring Game Boys. I mean, that, that was like the big thing. Pokemon Go was like the new thing and people were like replaying the Pokemon games at the time. Oh, like um, the old Game Boy games, like Red. And- yes. Yeah, they were like, you would go walk into the uh, cruise mess and there'd be battles happening. And uh, Oh, that's kind of like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. And then you're like running shoes and like, I don't know, that's about it. Of course. What um, did other, <laughs> I always want to know about the food. Did other people bring snacks and did you bring anything besides cliff bars? Was that, you're just like, okay, I need enough cliff bars to like have like a meal replacement in the morning. No, Gabe, you got to think, you got to bring things to barter with. Um, is, honestly, Glenn, it does sound like prison, <laughs> like cigarettes so, are the new, are the new Bitcoin. <laughs> right. I mean, so I had a sleeve of uh dip, which I don't dip. Right. But you bring it and you just wait. Right. And if the longer you wait, people like the market value of that dip goes up and right. You're not like, I mean, some people probably are selling things, but you're you're, like trading for something. Right. And uh, I would bring like monster energy drinks. I didn't drink monster energy drinks, but like, you know, you could get like day 45. You're like, Hey, I know you said you didn't have time to talk about this like qualification thing. And you like whip out something like now, do you have time to talk? And he's like, all right, now I have time to talk, start talking, like start writing things on, you have to display your knowledge for a whole bunch of things. So, Whoa, so yeah. it wasn't just, it wasn't just, um, <laughs> I did not think you were going to say that. It's not just like, Oh, you got juicy fruit 
I got mm. Tic Tacs. It's like for like favors and shit. Yeah. Uh, well, favors like, yes, but um, also you could trade it for things. Like I think I traded like, cause I wanted a can of like, just this can of like soda pop, like a Coke. Yeah. I like traded. So I traded, you know, something for it, like some candy. Uh, so I, candy is gold too. Right. So, I mean, I had Starburst and like Twix were like my like mainstay and, you know, mm-hmm. that was like, that's your, your treat yourself kind of moment and you, uh, you're downing Starburst <laughs> <laughs> in now, the dark. <laughs> now there, now you only have personal items like that, like in your room, right? Mm, yeah. Now when you would sometimes like be on watch, right. Where you'd be like mm-hmm. overnight, like in the, could you throw like a couple of starbursts in your, in your sock or whatever, or like, what's, the- so this is great. So you can have either there's no food allowed in the engine rooms. And this is when I would stand watch, uh, they call it back aft that's in the engine room. And so you're not allowed to bring food back there for like reasons of, you know, radiation, getting into your food and stuff like this. Um, that makes sense. that's like a, I don't want to get people nervous. That's not something that, that is really concerned. They really just don't want people eating in this like area where it's supposed to be like, you know, professional. Sure. Um, but you know, you the old Simpsons have- joke, sorry about, rock and roll fantasy camp where they go the first rule is there are no rules and the second rule is no outside food <laughs> that's, ba- that's basically yeah the military in, in a nutshell um, sorry i interrupted okay so you people can bring hard eating. yeah you can bring hard candy i don't know why but it like specifically says oh hard candy's allowed so for like halloween i had this like massive thing of jolly ranchers uh like stayed up for like and then like when i walked around to do like my tour uh and like review some logs you know i gave some people like uh, jolly ranchers or something oh that's and, nice uh, yeah well it's all right because then sometimes you could trade those jolly ranchers too and this i was just giving away but uh so, like the old man werther's candies those were gold mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so hard candies were allowed back in the uh, the engine room. Wow, um, I, I I can say right now, if that were me, I would get real liberal with with what's considered hard. I'd be yes. like, Twizzlers are hard. Twizzlers, that's hard enough, right? Yeah, they've I mean, been down here forever. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, right? Because like it is kind of up for interpretation, but like you know, people would be like, no, no, not Twizzlers. You can eat; they're soft. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. You feel this? Get everybody to feel yes. it. <laughs> Um, oh, that's really, that's really, and so, okay. So then you dock in like Japan or Guam mm-hmm. or wherever. And is like, is there like a Costco run? Like are we, like are the boys Dude, getting so, together to like restock? Yes. Um, and especially in Japan, they got these things called high chews, which are, Oh yeah. Have you ever had those? Oh yeah. They're good. They're delicious. And so right after Japan, there was this influx of high chews. So like everyone had high chews and, but like, you know, weird flavors. Cause Japan just loves their like, you know, green tea flavor with like mochi. And, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. so yeah, we got, I mean, I, I had a lot of high chews uh, after that, but yeah, you do like stock up. Right. Yeah. Um, were you, I feel like you, you gotta, would be good at knowing just like the way you're talking about it, like knowing where the market's flowing. It's like, all right, high chews are, <laughs> high chews are deflated in value right now. That's but right. if you're rocking right now, you know, if you're rocking a monster energy drink right now, it's ne- the value's never been higher. Those honestly, those hold their value real well because mm. I mean, people are just addicted to caffeine because, like, and like at a certain point, the coffee's not doing it for you. Yeah. Because I mean, the Navy runs on coffee, and I mean, uh, you're just like drinking it for, and it's like no effect. You're like, I need something else. And you're like, break out the monster. So I have a uh, question. I have a question. So you, so the, the military runs on coffee, right? Mm-hmm. And they imagine, like, do they supply that? Like, there's like a big thing of beans. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. So my question is like, <laughs> if you as like a boat were like, these beans suck. Yes. Get rid of them. 
Uh-huh. Here's two giant ass bags that we bought mm-hmm. from Seattle. Like, would that fly? So, God, it's uh, there. There's like the closest you'll probably get to a mutiny in modern day time <laughs> is with the coffee. So, <laughs> I wasn't on this boat, but uh, this has happened before like my, my time. And this guy, the the guy, the supply officer, traded. Uh, something of theirs for this nice, like they had pulled into Finland and like gotten the Finnish coffee. And he was like, oh yeah, like they probably have good coffee, right? Like a Norwegian country. Uh, Like why wouldn't they? And apparently the coffee was awful. And like the crew very vocally was like, never again will you ever do this. Wow. I guess you can misfire too, right? You can. Yeah. And you don't want to be that person that's misfiring with the coffee because that's everyone's drinking it. And then you're basically public enemy number one. If you, the coffee sucks, which the coffee's not great. They get like my, uh, the supply officer would be like, Oh, it's Starbucks, but it's like whatever Starbucks is like selling to the military for profits is like not good enough for their like stores is what I imagine. They're like, sure. Oh yeah. It's not a like, $3 ultimate, 50 cent cup of coffee. No, it's the ultimate Starbucks. Like whatever the wasn't charred enough. Yeah. Yeah. The Starbucks. That's funny. Um, I see. That makes that makes perfect sense to me. If you were to taste military coffee right now, would you know? Like this is military coffee. Oh yeah, that'll bring you like right back. You'd be like, oh, that's yeah. And right too. So people have like the creamers, and once you run out of like the special creamers that people like, that's like a bad day. Because and it's so funny. The way you can run out of something on a submarine is you tell people, hey, we're running short on something, because then people just go into panic mode and they're like, oh, we're running short on peanut butter. Next day, peanut butter's gone because everyone has just hoarded their own peanut butter. Like somehow they like, you know, broke into with a peanut butter stash and like found it and then like hoarded it for themselves. Yeah. Who's in charge of like ordering for the boat? Whose job? Who's like the food guy? Yeah, it's the, it's the supply officer. And it's so funny because if you're, a, uh, if you mess up as a supply officer, he's almost like the designated punching bag for like the captain, like anything goes wrong. It's like, oh, it's the, and they call him the chop because his insignia looks like a, a pork chop is I think. Uh, <laughs> and also, he supplies the pork chops. That's and, uh, so funny. Yeah. The supp- and right, if you run out of food, too, because you can run out of food because you're supposed to have a specific time, like, that's, like, you will get fired if you run out of food for, like, a summer. That's, like, a big deal. Like, messages get sent off and all these other things, like, because, really? right, they find out you're starving service members or something or, like, putting them on rations, and you're like, oh, not a good day. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a military readiness issue right there if nobody's fed. Because <laughs> you can't make good decisions if you're not fed. I can't make that's good right. decisions if I'm not fed. <laughs> right. I'm getting three square meals of, and clean air. Um, that's fascinating. I feel like that would be a – it's funny that you say, like, oh, they get shit on a lot, my words. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, <laughs> I feel like that would be a fun job because, like, you always got the hookup. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I got peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are they? And like, they're military people also. The mm-hmm. yeah, so everyone on. Uh, well, that's not entirely true. Most people uh, on the submarine are military. And yeah. are they trained in like ordering food? Like, what? What is? Yeah, the tra- no. That's like, yeah. That's their. That's their purpose, right? So my purpose is, you know, to like learn how to drive the submarine and one day like command the submarine if I stay in long enough. And their purpose is to like supply the food, supply the parts, um, and all these other things. Wow, it's a tough job. Uh, it's a job that I never like first off wasn't even an option for me. Cause you have to kind of be like, um, medically like not, 
I don't know, selected for something and then you get put into this like supply officer thing or you're a prior enlisted guy that was a supply officer. So you then you just go into to become an officer once you get picked up. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I feel like they're yeah, like, job. they're like, uh, it does sound like a tough, I mean, like just the way you're describing it where it's like, oh, like, it's like thankless, right? It's like yes. either you, you order enough food or you don't, mm-hmm. um, either you have peanut butter or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like in the character, in the TV show, you want to have like a, like a nice round supply <laughs> officer, like dishing out like Reese's pieces and shit. Um, my, my, another question about food is like, so like the person running the <laughs> ship, all these questions are food because like, I'm just like, this is great. Honestly. I mean, this is probably the most interesting part about a submarine. Go on. <laughs> I love the economy. I yeah. love every part of this. Um, it's I, because I've been secluded from like the world before and like how mm-hmm. you pack, like I went on like long three week camping trips with students in Scotland and like the way you pack and like do stuff is like sacred and important. The person running the boat is the what? So, right. The person in charge is the captain uh, ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, but he's not really like, I wouldn't say he's running the boat. He's more in charge of like big time decisions. Sure. It's like uh, Nick Saban. Yeah. He's like running right. Alabama football. Yeah. So then, uh, then you have below him, you have the executive officer and he's more of like your day-to-day kind of thing. Like, so he creates the schedule, um, and, uh, all these other things. And he's like next in line to become the captain. Mm-hmm. And then under him are the department heads and they run their separate departments. So you have navigation department, weapons department, um, and then sorry, weapons, nav- engineering. And so those uh, are all, those are all officers. And so you eat with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, and then, and then the next step is like me, right. So the it's, they're just called junior officers. Uh, and if I were to have stayed in, I would have, you know, possibly gone to go be a department head and, you know, continue on. Um, so there's only 15, normally a submarine has like 150 people in it. Uh, and oh. so there's 15 officers and usually like 130 to 140, uh, enlisted guys. Whoa. So, okay. Yeah. And so you were at like the, and so, uh, so that's like, there's a partnership that happens with the more senior enlisted guys. So every officer will have a, a chief with him. And the chief is like a person who's been in, you know, like 20 years or just under 20 years and is like the system expert. And so together you kind of run your division or uh, your department. And uh, yeah, yeah so that's, that's kind of how it works. I see. That's the uh, chain of command. I see. And so would you have meals with like the guy who's running the captain and stuff like that? Or does he, is he in his own tier? No. So you would, all officers ate together. And it's so funny because it's more of like, it's an antiquated kind of formal meal. So you have to like ask to enter. Uh, You wait until he arrives to sit down. Uh, He's the first person to eat. And then you're being served as opposed to in the list. There's just like, uh, it's like a chow line, right? So you're just lining up, they like slop the food on and you're like eating. Uh, And here they're like, oh, uh, the soup of the day, because you got to have soup on the, in the Navy. Cause like that's a good use of space and is like warm and comforting mm-hmm. and they serve you soup and then they serve you the meal. And then sometimes if you're lucky, there's like dessert and uh, like, if, you know, something bad's happen if they pull out the hard pack ice cream, which is like, uh, like they're about to tell you something like, <laughs> Oh, we got extended. And you're like, that's why you're like mid eating your ice cream. You're like, Oh, those bastards, they got me again. Uh, <laughs> it's like parents telling you they're about to get divorced. Yeah. Like, why did we get Cold Stone twice today? It's like, yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah. That's so um, funny. Yeah, the hard so you, pack ice cream. 
there is like a formality to uh, eating with the cap and right. You have like, it's so funny cause you have like discussions like bordering from like serious to not serious, but, mm-hmm. uh, but there is like and, a line. Yeah. Well, cause it's, um, I mean, anything, right. Like you work for them and you're supposed to be respectful and you, in theory, they, they give you orders and you have to follow those orders as long as they're not ethically or morally like against something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there is a line, but like, the officers, it's supposed to be more of like a camaraderie, uh, like a team. And so they, like the captain will call you by your first name, like when you're in the wardroom, um, which is so funny, right? Cause I've been called like Mr. McKenna for since like back at the Chaminade days. Cause like, I don't, it's like everything needs to be more formal and, uh, yeah. all these other things. And so, yeah, you use each other's first names and you talk about like things you like, and you sometimes have like a topic of conversation and, um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you watch a, like a movie on a crazy Saturday night or something. I don't know. Whoa. Okay. I know. Yeah. That's a fascinating culture that is just like so foreign. To, I mean, like my freshman year of college, we had co-ed bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Like you just like be in there peeing and then there'd be a 18 year old woman next to you. Like it was, it yeah. was like, <laughs> it's like the opposite. And then there was no issues and you're like, Oh, this is weird. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, then we had our own issues, <laughs> yeah. um, but um, it certainly wasn't restrictive in that, in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, and like college professors, you know, Hey Gabe, um, I just emailed a yes. professor and he just, <laughs> he put me on his, um, on his pun email list. I just emailed him about the next <laughs> and now like twice a week, I'm getting these emails about like, like Hey, here, here, here's a pun I thought of. <laughs> yeah. See, that's not the really, I wish I kind of had that, right? Like how different would my life have been if I went to garden city high school and then went to a normal college, uh, sure. it's like sure. very different. Yeah. Um, and like, they never had that like first name basis with the, with the teacher, especially in college. Like it was always like very professional and, uh, of course, of course, yeah, it's military yeah. readiness. So, which this sort of brings us to where I kind of hoped we would, um, we would eventually get to, which is that, um, you make bagels. That's right. You have an Instagram Friends for bagels. it. Um, thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm a terrible marketer. Um, uh-huh. but I do know that it, I do know it's important, even if I'm not good at executing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my question is for you now, now that like, you know, the, I'll use a metaphor, maybe you would agree or disagree. Now that like the shackles are off, now that like the beard mm-hmm. is growing and the hair is growing um, <laughs> and that like you can have peanut butter anytime you want and like hard packed ice cream isn't for sad days anymore. Um, where do you see like your, like what are your thirties going to be like? Yeah, that's a great question. So I thought your, uh, your teacher, Mr. Seneca gave a great quote, which like, I've never heard anything like my teachers give such like good advice. So I'm so happy that I listened to it. And so happy you interviewed him Oh, great! about, you know, controlling the life as a series of transitions. And so this mm. is like a massive transition, right? Sure. And I know what is expected of me is, uh, you know, I'm supposed to, <laughs> you know, go into some like corporate job and that, I mean, that's, I am applying to some of those. Sure. Um, however, I know that. I want to get to some point in my life where I am uh, creating something that I am proud of. And then also that, um, that I can call my own. So mm. yeah, the whole bagel thing. Right. So, I mean, it started with like, there's no good bagels out here on the West coast, despite what the New York times has to say <laughs> um, and being like, okay, well, like how difficult could it be to make bagels? Right. And 
my dad's always been baking like my whole entire life. And throughout this pandemic, he's been like set, like he's been panic baking essentially. Like, you know, he's like, Oh, what am I going to do today? Like, well, I'm like, I'm flowers of like what he bakes. And I'm like, all right, well, I can probably send, this is how I keep up with my family. Like we talk about the weather and we send pictures of, you know, you know, bake, baking objects. That's great. And so I was like, I made a couple bagels one time, brought them into work. And, um, it's so funny cause my boss is, um, uh, this like extremely nice Jewish man from Pennsylvania, uh, Philly area. And he was like, dude, these bagels are pop. And I'm like, uh, like he's praise. like, if you ever open up, if you ever open a bagel place, like I'm in and Hell yeah. like, you got backers, man, <laughs> got backers. And, um, yeah, I just had fun making them and, uh, they're super, they're not easy to make, but they're easy enough. And, um, I kind of had this idea of like, I follow all these people on Instagram and they don't even have like storefronts. They do it. Like you can order a bunch of bagels um, on their website and they, they deliver them. Mm -hmm. So that way the overhead cost is kind of minimal. So I have this kind of like, you know, my one year, one year plan is to, uh, enter the, um, farmer's market, right, right down the block from us, like in, you know, like kind of the seventh street of this neighborhood. So, uh, it's called the Proctor district and, um, get through the fall application, open up a stand and sell some bagels. Like you buy the dozen and then maybe sell some cream cheese, like keep it pretty simple. And then start hopefully like a following from, you know, then Instagram, like, Oh, check out the, I already picked up actually the, uh, HTML, the, uh, the website, the URL. Hell yeah. Uh, so, uh, it doesn't have anything on it. So if you go to it, there, there's not going to be anything there, Before but Glenn's I have bagels it. with two ends. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Glensbagels.com is a work in progress. <laughs> Uh, but thank you, Google, for letting me purchase it for thirteen dollars. There you go. Um, yeah, I recommend Squarespace. It's very easy, and you, you can yes. transfer over yeah. the domain because um, mm -hmm. you already own it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just like click and drag. It's genius. Yeah. So, right, and like people, like it's so funny because if I like, I sound like a crazy person when I'm like, oh yeah, nuclear engineering submarine officer. Like now I'm going to make bagels. Like uh, you'd be like, where did like my parents, like, where did he, we go wrong? With him? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but at least doing it as a side hustle kind of, you know, yeah. I hate that word, but, uh, um, no, I mean like it's, it's, <laughs> you're out of the boat. You could do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, exactly. Right. And there's nothing that brings people more joy than like a good weekend bagel. That's right. Um, it's so amazing. Like, you know, when you share your bagels with someone and like, or anything you bake and like just the simple, like, you're like, Oh, that brings people joy. That's nice. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, so it's, there's something, uh, I don't know, beautiful and simple about that. And, you know, I, I've got some retail experiences, uh, my day in Manor Deli. That's right. I was uh, there the other back. day. I walked there the other day for a coffee. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you do have retail. So that's cool, Glenn. So you like, I think starting with a little farmer's market action is like the great, mm -hmm. it's a great, I mean, that's how all these places start, right? Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to like, you know, dive too far into like opening up a storefront and being like, oh, no one's coming to get these bagels. And uh, so yeah. starting with something low risk uh, to begin with. And then, yeah, it was so funny. I, I feel like I've been describing this to like multiple people and, uh, no, yeah, I mean, bagels. I think it's a great idea, and I I think I told you this, but I, I my the girl I dated in college, the woman I dated in college, um, her uncle invented Stacy's pita chips. Did I tell you this? Yeah, and they yeah. he invented them because he had a sandwich cart, and mm -hmm. they made pita sandwiches. And as people were waiting in line, he was like, "Let's just double bake the pita 
and we'll give it to people, hungry <laughs> people who are waiting to get a sandwich. And then that thing became more popular than the thing he yeah, intended the to sell. Himself. Yeah. Um, and then he sold it, you know, Pepsi for hundreds of millions of dollars. So, yes. um, yeah. So like it didn't start from being like, I want to take over the world. It's just like, Oh, I like food. Um, <laughs> make, make cream cheese, make some bagels. That's exciting. So that'll start in the fall. You think? Yeah, in the fall. So the application for the summer uh, farmers market, I kind of missed missed it. So I have the the date saved, and then I also need to. This is good. I like. I'm complaining about it, but this is actually good in the long run. I need to source, you know, non GMO, local, organic stuff to get into this. You have to fill out a whole application, mm. um, which is like right. I 100% support, uh, but it is just a, a little bit more of a pain than just baking bagels and showing up with a tent. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So you gotta get the right flour, the right ingredients, all that's that stuff. Right. And you gotta, you know, you know, experiment with the flour and all these other things. And, uh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, cool. Well, that's really exciting. And I'm glad we got to, <laughs> we got to get to the, to the bagel. So everybody follow Glenn's bagel so we can, uh, I'll tag that's that. Right. I got to post, oh, I just made some Cinnabons. Uh, I got to post on there. Ooh. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, and pretzel buns. I'm just, I'm not a one dimensional bagel maker. <laughs> it has been 24 <laughs> days and you were going full, full carbs. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So we, we end every episode with some fill in the blanks. Um, I guess we talked about this, but we didn't get a firm, firm answer. Uh, the worst oh, meal geez. on a submarine is what? All right. It's uh we call it death pillows. Um, <laughs> and it's, Literally, like Chef Boyardee, like the rejected Chef Boyardee. At least that's in my mind, that's what it was, right? Because it's they're just ter- like they bring them out, and you're just like, no, like not, not. There's not even nostalgia associated with this meal that would oh. like make me get through. Like sometimes they would serve beanies and weenies, and you'd be like, all right, yeah, I can get through this. You know, hot dogs are pretty great, and yeah. beans, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and they literally had a name as uh, Death Pillows, so pretty atrocious. Death pillows, that's so funny. Um, yeah. well, I'm glad you're above sea level. Uh, yeah. the key- I love how we spent like an hour talking about food. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it truly was like, well, this is what I'm most qualified to discuss. <laughs> That's right. Cause yeah. nuclear- I was like, I thought you were going to ask me like top secret questions here. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even think I fission fusion. Who's to say, um, <laughs> but I do eat every day. Um, and so I do have opinions. Um, so that- <laughs> uh, the key to a good bagel is blank key to a good bagel all right so uh the water that's huge um Mm. right and people will say this all the time like new york city has the best water therefore they have the best bagels and there are bagel stores this is going to show you how much research i've done so there's a place called i think it's rosenberg's deli or something in uh denver colorado but he um basically mimics the amount of uh new york city water and it's not hard to do you just control the ph of the water right or and the mineral content so mm-hmm. um there are some people that are very fanatics about that and controlling the water um i think that is important uh as long as it's good filtered water and has some mineral content to it and um yeah, that is the key and then also um making sure you boil the bagels because some people that like the shitty grocery bagels that you get, you know, those are not boiled bagels. They don't have that, like that chewiness that you get from eating a New York bagel. Mm. And you're supposed to uh, boil them per side. If you want to chew your bagel, you'll boil them for two minutes. If you want a less one, like less than a minute. And, uh, Interesting. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause when you, we, you, you and I hung out with our friend AJ, I think I mm-hmm. observed that like in the Navy, 
you were like little little people in a giant ocean. And now with bagels, you dip the thing into the water, flip it around and, and extract it. Who's the Taking captain control. now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a Somali pirate. Um, that's fun. Um, that's a good bagel answer for all our... Who's not a fan of bagels? Um, uh, yeah, psychopaths? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What's the line in Big Daddy? If you don't like spaghetti and meatballs, you can get the hell out. <laughs> Um, ooh, okay. This is more, uh, uh, two more culturally, the Navy needs to fix blank. Uh, yeah. Mental health. That's why I kind of, uh, brought it up, but, um, there is a real stigma about seeking help, uh, mm. and just talking to someone, right. It'll like flag as a, especially if you're someone with a secret clearance or top secret clearance, um, you could potentially lose your job just because you say like, Hey, I'm not feeling good or I'm feeling sad. Uh, and they have been doing better in recent years. Um, the only thing, right. There's like hard quality evidence, like suicides are up, you know, uh, all these other like emotional factors. Um, so making sure the, there's no stigma about, uh, receiving help Mm. and, uh, making sure that you, uh, if you see someone struggling, kind of just to ask them a direct question, I think is the easiest thing that you can do. And they do, uh, do training for that. Um, just kind of like a bystander intervention, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe getting appropriate health uh, for, yeah, some. Yeah. And it's, right? a- cause it's a difficult job. You're away from your family. Yeah. Uh, this stressful, your lack of sleep, you know, poor nutrition sometimes. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, even myself has struggled with sometimes and I wish I could have talked to someone without, you know, like fear of a repercussion. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's really well said, Glenn. And it sounds like there's obviously we can have counselors, we can have um, shorter rotations, whatever the things may be, but also just like throw a vitamin D light down there, boys. Like there are things we can do like tomorrow. I, so like, right. Like getting out of the Navy, I'm like, maybe I can create more change by getting out of the Navy. Right. Cause right. You tell like, I don't know, a congresswoman, like, listen, like, they really need a vitamin D light down there. Like, how much would it cost to put, like, a vitamin D light? The, like, I don't know. And, <laughs> the budget is so fucking big. Yeah. $3 billion submarine. Why don't we throw, like, them a $15 light every now and then? To, yeah, uh, can we throw this on Amazon Prime and just, like, can we get... Exactly. I, I guess asking for billionaires to save us is is a useless thing, but, like, somebody should yes. be asking <laughs> Superman's for, not coming. Yeah, yeah. That's, um... So it like at the same time that it's like such a complicated issue and like you were mm-hmm. like touching at some of those things that like I really do feel empathy for because like somebody who also like at times struggles with mental health stuff like it's never about being completely isolated from my family or being underwater mm-hmm. or you know bartering. it's compounding right yeah yeah it's never one yeah, thing so. right no one's like we ran out of monster energy drink and I felt suicidal it's like it's a confluence of a million things mm-hmm. um so that's a really thoughtful answer, Glenn. I'm glad we I'm glad we got to touch upon that. That's not something that's really Yeah. No, I'm I'm really glad we talked about that. So um in the other episodes. And my final question was, you don't get to say this anymore. So I wanted to know in the past eleven years, what is the best perk of the phrase, Hi, I'm Glenn. I'm an act I'm an active duty military member. What's the best perk of the phrase? Because I, I heard mean, you use it when we played golf and you're like, hi, oh, this yeah. is active duty. And I was like, ooh, active duty. Like, I've only heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never. I, I used to be like pretty coy about, you know, asking for military discount, but I, I only ask if I know it is a thing, right? I'll do like my research beforehand and be like, 
oh yes, they, they do offer military discounts. So mm. I will ask for that. Um, what's the best part? I mean, that's pretty nice, right? You can like, I don't know. It is nice to be like a, pre- and they're like, oh, they thank you for your service. You're like, oh, all right, all right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, God, the best perk. Yeah, that oh, was pretty nice. Uh, free meal at Applebee's on Veterans Day. Can't wait. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll From go. a severely limited menu. <laughs> yeah. No two for 20. Yeah, um, you got to get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, like, even. I was, I was at camp and we had a, this guy, Jimmy volunteer and he was great with the kids. He was amazing. And we hung out on the intercession and I started talking to him and he's like, yeah, like I'm in the military. Like I just like got back from Iraq and like Mm -hmm. a part of me, like it was just so distant from like the troubles of my life and like the day to day of like what that's like. Uh, because I, I definitely have like large scale objections to like why we need to have wars in the first place. And like militarism Mm -hmm. as a country, like I do understand things like I do have like a, like a bird's eye view. And then like, I talk to somebody who has to like be over there or be down there. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like, tell me about the Mm -hmm. food situation. Like, what is it actually like? Like, let's, let's not, I don't want to have, I don't want to ever have such a um, impersonal relationship to this stuff. That's not like, cause it's easy for me to be like, well, we shouldn't be over there in the first place. And like, I do agree with that, but I'm also like, when I talk to somebody who's active duty military, I'm like, Oh my God, like, tell me like when the bombs go off, like, what the fuck are you guys thinking about? You know, like you're on a base and he's like, yeah, you hear that stuff. Um, yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned it because right. I, I mentioned earlier, like 1% of the population or something, even less that's like active duty military. And it's a lot of people, especially our age and like where we came from, it's not very common to uh, meet someone that has been in the military. Mm-hmm. And there's such an oversimplification of what you, what people think uh, either a veteran or an active duty person is. Uh, meanwhile, we're just kind of a mirror of society. You have the same problems in society you have um, and, and the same, like, I don't know, good things about society are the same thing in the military. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so easy, right, to say like, oh, we shouldn't be here, we shouldn't be here. That's not the individual's fault that, you know, uh, came from a broken home in the middle of Oklahoma and his only way out was to sign up for the military. Yeah. And guess what? Through the military, he got his like college education, he got a job, he got some, for the first time in his life, some stability. Yeah, it's like and, the best perks you can get. Yes. Uh, but, right, that doesn't, that shouldn't stop us from holding our like, you know, leadership, political leaders uh, accountable for mm. kind of, uh, either, I don't know, people always like to take the name of like veterans, like, oh, the veterans are going to be so bad about this. And like, usually it's someone that hasn't served or like, mm-hmm. or like, oh, we need to do this for like active duty. And like, it's from both sides too. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just wish people would know that, you know, they're just normal people uh, and trying to like have a better life. Best. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which usually it comes out of that, right? And, uh, yeah, better life for you, your, your family, not, not putting mm-hmm. your a hundred thousand dollars of debt on your family is like a noble, good thing. It's a shame that <laughs> we live in a society that like those are your choices, but um, yeah. given that, well, that I those, talked to you about it, yeah, right. It was like, Oh, like, uh, you know, it was like, I don't agree with like the people that are like, well, what do you say about all those people that like, you know, deployed to get their college like service? Like I, we, I wish that wasn't a thing that you have to go 
deploy and spend time in the military to earn like a degree. Yeah. For college uh, to be free. We can make that happen. Yeah. We have the technology. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean like part of wanting to have you one, like you're just a fascinating, interesting person, but two, like wanting to have you on the podcast oh, because <laughs> we've had such good conversations like driving to golf and, mm-hmm. um, and really like, you know, over the yeah, last well, people don't year. know this is the fourth time we've done this. Just now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This it. is just the first time we've recorded it. Um, but like getting to hear your perspective on all these things, um, which is just to say when I met that guy, Jimmy, and we were on our off break, I just bought him dinner. Cause I was like, I don't know what to do. Like this guy just told me he was shot at. <laughs> and like, now I feel bad about that. And like, yeah, your burritos on me, man. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, I'm sure he was very appreciative of that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I promise you there's not people like trying to like, you know, take advantage of the the system. And most often than not, it's like people like Jimmy where like good people like you will just, you know, like, Oh, here's a burrito on me. Like, and just the thought, right. Just the thought that you would do that. That's wonderful. Oh, that's, that's very kind of you, Glenn. Anytime you want a burrito, you know, you know, I'll buy you one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this has been the episode. I can't wait to come visit you. I just had two friends move to Napa. Um, nice. And one of them's working at the French laundry um the restaurant she's gonna be working pastry there so i think i'm gonna do a double duty trip and visit them and visit dude you. dude i'm gonna visit napa when you're there man. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like looking for an excuse every every um, uh, like obviously last year i was supposed to do a whole bunch of traveling and that never happened uh but yeah always looking for an excuse to go visit some napa and, yeah. Uh, but yeah if you come up here that'll be great we'll go on a hike uh yeah be great low key hike yeah door. low key yeah nice and flat yeah like on a golf course um yeah, yeah it'll be great um uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh i'm looking forward to that glenn you're the best i can't wait for people to hear this episode it'll be out thursday um yeah thanks gabe but uh thanks for doing it brother i uh i appreciate yeah. it hey keep it up i think your audience has grown by more than five people even though that joke's <laughs> never going to get old uh it really uh, is for very few people <laughs> it's 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 a it's a tough act to follow some of the people that you've had on and uh i'm, I'm glad to sit down and uh, discuss some, some things with you so absolutely glenn absolutely you were you fit right in you think everybody thinks <laughs> that they won't but everyone does um so i appreciate um you coming on and uh, i can't wait to see you soon brother you're the best thanks talk to you later yeah. well just like l woods when she graduates from harvard law school we did it. That was the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, unlike our previous two gl- guests, this episode will not end with Glenn singing, though he's a very talented man. He can draw, he can make bagels, he can do lots of things, but we don't have a recording of him singing that I know of. Uh, so we'll just have to end with me saying thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. Uh, hang in there. Feel the way you feel. Uh, do the things that make you feel good. That's what I'm trying to do. And come see a show every Thursday at QED. And I'm really, I haven't started to hustle to get on other shows yet and put myself out there, but starting soon, I will have dates at comedy clubs and bar shows, and I'll do my best to post about those um, when I'm back to doing my 25 sets a month, like my normal goal is, which um, was what it was during the before times. And hopefully I'll get back there. So thanks for listening to Glenn. He's a gentleman and a scholar and a sailor. Good man. Uh, So have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. See who we have. Thanks so much. (laughs) 